right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you today for your grace, your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us. Thank you for your promises. Your word is filled with so many amazing promises. And today, as we gather, we honor you on today, the first day of the week, the first morning of the first day of the week. We give it to you. We worship you. We honor you. And we thank you, Lord, that you will bring your favor and your blessing on every other day of this week as we move into all that you have in store for us in the coming days. You're the God who knows the beginning from the end. You're the God who knows every, every trouble, every situation that we go through. You know, Lord, and you're the God who is sovereign. And we thank you that in and in it and and through it all, Lord, you will bring about blessing. You will bring about goodness. And you will bring about the very best in the light of your eternal plan, purpose, and our divine, eternal destiny. We thank you for it. We commit these moments to you. I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us in a special way. And Lord through the work of your Holy Spirit, continue to work and transform us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Good to be in church. Give our worship team a hand. Thank you. Uh, thank you for doing a great job as always. Appreciate you. Thank you for being here today. A big shout out to everyone that's watching online, particularly to John Contreras, I don't know whether Veronica's watching. She's in labor right now. And uh, maybe she is. I don't know. Maybe this will be a distraction for her. But, um, but we're, we're praying for you. Uh, pray for them. Uh, it's moments like these. Uh, I'm so thankful that I'm a man. <laughs> Having witnessed many births and... Uh, I just thank God that uh, God, the amazing thing is that God gives grace, gives us grace for every situation. One of my favorite passages of scripture has been over the, over the years is what Paul said to the Corinthians. He said, but my grace, God told Paul, but my grace is sufficient for you. And God gives us a grace for every situation and every circumstance, sometimes beyond that which we could ever imagine. So, Yes, Veronica, and uh, I cooked a curry last night. How many of you know a good curry can never be cooked in a hurry? Just can't buy all the ingredients in a packet and put them in. No, you have to do, do it all by hand, so I did it all. And I was just reminding Jess, uh, formerly Hennessy, now Abbott, who was with us in in Australia, how, how old was London? Uh, well, how old was Bella when you first met her? Just a few months, yeah? So we've known her pretty much the whole of Bella's life. And Di was hanging out to have the baby, you know, in those final stages. It was the middle of summer in Australia. January is the middle of summer there. And we had a, a lady in our church called Ethelini Brearley, who was from Fiji. She said, I know what I'll do for you. I'll cook you a hot curry. And she said, you eat that hot curry and the baby will come. Di ate the hot curry and guess what? The baby came. <laughs> so there you go. You learned something this morning. Nothing like a good curry to get the baby to come in a hurry. So 
Anyway, great to be here today. We are uh, in coming into uh, our last month um, in, in, in the church. What's today? The, twen- the 24th. Uh, July has 31 days, correct? 30 days has September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31, all excepting February, which on a leap year has 28. So on the 31st is the last day of this month. And then in first weekend in September, we're in our new location. And we checked it out yesterday. It's going to be great. And uh, it's the Newport Big Six Theater Complex right near Fashion Island. Very handy for lunch afterwards. Great place to invite your friends. Lots of parking. uh, Very comfortable seats. Check the seats out. Way too comfortable for a church. And... uh, uh, it's going to be a great new location for us. We're starting a, a marketing strategy uh, to send out some invites, and we'll make some cards to, uh, that, we can, that you can hand out to people to invite people to come to church. Um, and uh, so we're excited about that. There's a lot of work to do between now and then. I think next Saturday is our first working be here, and then the following Saturday. Um, so if you're able to give some time to come and help us, that would be great. Um, and yeah, we're, uh, we're on the move. We are on the move. Okay, well, I have started a series called Living Stones. And today I want to continue with that series. And the title of my message is Living Stones in the Hands of the Master Builder. Living Stones in the hands of the master builder. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 6, in the New International Version of the Bible says, as you come to him, who's the him? As we come to him. I'm just waiting for a response here. As we come to him, Jesus As we come to him, it wasn't a trick question. Was it the Father, was it the Son, or was it the Holy Spirit? Um, As we come to him, as we come to Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Wow. What an amazing passage of Scripture. In the New Living Translation, it says, as you come to Him, the cornerstone, the living cornerstone. As we come to Jesus, the living cornerstone of the spiritual house that He is building, you and I, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. A few years ago, I had the privilege of going to Italy for the very first time. I've traveled all over the world um, and been to a lot of countries, over 50-something countries around the world and all over Europe, but I'd never been to Italy. And went to Italy, went to Florence, went with Michael and Polly and their family, and Bo came with us, and we had an amazing time. And uh, during that time that we were there, of course, we were near Florence. When you're in Florence, what do you do? You eat a beefsteak Fiorentina. No, when you're in Florence, you go to see the statue of David. And uh, I remember 
the first time that I saw Michelangelo's statue of David. In fact, I had seen many pictures of it, and I, I thought, okay, this is going to be a great experience, but I, I, I really did not uh, expect what my response would be, because the first thing that, that shocked me was the size of the statue. It's 17 feet tall. And the second thing that, that, that I found that totally transfixed me um, was that it was as if the statue was alive. There was a lifelike quality to the statue, as if the master sculptor had brought the stone to life. And it captured my attention, and I can remember being, being uh, amazed at what I saw. And as I read up about it, and as I read some of the history, I discovered that actually the, the, the piece of the piece of stone that Michelangelo used to, for his creation had a similarity to the very scripture that we just read because Jesus is referred to as the stone that was rejected by the builders but became the chief cornerstone of that spiritual house of which we as living stones are being built into because in actual fact, the piece of stone that Michelangelo created or sculpted um, the statue of David out of was a piece of stone that was rejected by a former sculptor. It was rejected because it was perceived that it was of inferior quality. And so it lay for 25 years uh, without any activity, nothing being done to it. And the massive slab stabbed, stood out there in the elements outside for a quarter of a century until Michelangelo was um, given the job of creating a statue. And so Michelangelo, when he was, uh, when he was, uh, uh, or when he was, um, when he was uh, given the job, he began to sculpt this statue that became one of, the, one, of the, one of the greatest pieces of sculpture, uh, sculpture that's ever been created. And the author and writer, uh, Giorgio Vasari, later said it was as if he was bringing back to life one who was dead. What an amazing thing. Michelangelo said this, he said, every block of stone has a statue inside it. And it is the task of the sculptor, sculptor to discover it. And he went on to say later about an angel that he had sculpted. He said, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. God sees you and he sees me in the same way. He sees the divine in you and he is working he is working on us. He is shaping us. He is changing us. And it may seem like it's a slow work, but he is at work. He's sculpting. He's carving. He's shaping until the divine creation that you are can be seen in the fullness of the totality of his intent 
for you. And we, Peter says, are like living stones that are being built into a spiritual house. We're a work in progress. We're being built. And furthermore, not only are we being built, but we are engaged by God in the greatest building program that has ever existed, the building of His church, which has been going on for 2,000 years. And we are being built on a revelation of Jesus the Christ, Christ as the chief cornerstone. And I love the words of Zechariah when he talks about the completion of the temple, the second temple that was built after the captivity of the Jews. And he said the capstone, which is the last stone that is put on the building, the capstone, which is like the signature stone, the final stone that's put in place. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. God is building his house through the work of his grace in and through us. And with that in mind, we've been looking at three overarching thoughts over the last few weeks. Questions that we've been asking ourselves. Maybe you've been discussing them in your small group. Or maybe you've been pondering or meditating on them. And he said, I am, the first is these, am I being conformed or transformed? And we, we talked about that last week. The second one is, am I building randomly or intentionally? And the third question is, am I building according to God's pattern or according to my own? I want to touch a little more in, in light of what we have just recently been thinking about with regard to Michelangelo about that idea of us being transformed and God seeing the divine in each and every one of us, the uniqueness of, of who he created us to be and the work that he is doing to transform us and change us to become more like Christ. Romans 12 and verse 2 was the foundational scripture that we looked at, which says, and, and do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are being transformed. Right now, God is at work. We are being transformed that is an ongoing process into the image of Christ from one degree of glory to another. In the Strong's translation of that verse, the word transformed, he writes, we are transformed into the same image of consummate excellence that shines in Christ. a reproduction of the same image. When Michelangelo saw, the, saw David in that statue, he saw the potential, and he transformed and changed that piece of stone into that amazing sculpture. And we, like living stones, are being built and transformed. And with that in mind, I want to read this passage of Scripture about Jesus' transfiguration. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 1, we read that after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, 
James and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Not just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. When Jesus went up onto the mountain, and he took just three of his disciples, I often think about what the other nine disciples would have felt like. These were the favored three. There would have been some interesting conversations, I'm sure, around the campfire. What's so special about you? And uh, Jesus took them up onto the mountain, and he was transfigured before them. What does it mean, the word transfigure? What does it mean that he was transfigured? What Jesus did basically was he revealed his true nature to Peter, James, and John. So Jesus revealed his divine nature, what could not be seen with the human eye normally, to Peter, James, and John for a purpose. He was transfigured, and the word transfigure comes from the two words, meta in Greek meaning to change, and morpho, meaning to change, form or shape. So the, Jesus' form or shape was changed. It's the same word that's used for metamorphosis, for a caterpillar. And the Greek words have within them the sense of changing form in keeping with an inner reality. I want you to think about that. Changing form in keeping with an inner reality. How many of you know that your inner reality is different to what some people see on the outside? When you're getting frustrated in the traffic. That's not me. That's not my inner reality. That's just an outward manifestation of a frustration that I'm having. My inner reality is different. But what Jesus was doing here was he was changing his form in keeping with an inner reality. Jesus' outward form was changed, reflecting his inner reality. And this is an awesome picture of Jesus because prior to that, people could see Jesus. We know that his, some of his brothers and sisters didn't believe that Jesus was the Christ until after his resurrection. And his inner reality could only be partially seen through his life. And here's the thought that I want you to think about. Your inner reality is only partially being seen through your outer life. But there's something on the inside of us that God is working on to transform us so that more and more of that inner reality is being revealed in and through our lives. 
were a work in progress. And all they could see was they could hear Jesus' teaching. They could see the miracles he performed. They could see his character when he was tested. But now here, there was a greater expression of that as he was transfigured before his disciples. There was a change of form in keeping with his inner reality. And as living stones, you and I, in the hands of the master builder, he is at work changing us, transforming us in, so that we would be transformed in keeping with our inner reality. There's a metamorphosis that's happening. The caterpillar is being turned into a butterfly. The caterpillar is a butterfly. It just can't be seen yet. So what is that inner reality? Well, first of all, that inner reality is that you and I are created in the image of God. We are created with huge divine potential. And secondly, so when you were born, when that baby that is born today, when Veronica's baby is born and it cries its first cry, it is born with a spirit with the divine imprint of God's DNA in its DNA. The same for Jess, when your baby is born. And then the day will come when that baby can be born again. And when we are born again, like Jesus said, we are born again and the Spirit of God causes our spirit to come alive. And there is a change that takes place. And this is what Paul says. He defines it this way. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is born again, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I want you to think about this. I want to encourage you to think about this in relation to what we're talking about. There has been a transformation that has taken place on the inside of us when we receive Christ as our Savior. We are born again. If you have not yet been born again, you have the opportunity for that to happen, to accept Christ as your Savior. And at that point... God begins a work of transformation so that the inner reality of who you are in Christ can be expressed in an outward manifestation of our lives. So that Paul says the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of that, trans that divine spark or the essence of God, His life within us, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Who among us here would say, this week I got 10 out of 10 for the fruit of the Spirit? Not one. But the good news is, that's not who you are. My daughter, I don't know how she did this. 
but somehow she's come up with a name for me. She calls me Johnny. That's not a good name. My family nickname is John John. That's what I've always been called by my family, but somehow she's come up with the name Johnny. I don't like it. And every time she can't, she says, Dad, Dad, no answer. Dad, Dad, no answer. And then she says, Johnny, she gets an answer. And you know what the answer is? That's not my name. That's not who you are. In reality, that's not who you are. The who you are is the new creation that you are in Christ. But we're in process. We're being transformed so that the outward manifestation of our life can be an expression of the inner reality of who we are. And what the disciples got a glimpse of there on, on Mount, the Mount of Transfiguration was the essence of who Jesus really was. And everything that they saw after that, in a sense, was, was less because he chose to reveal or cloak himself in his humanity so that he could identify with us in our humanity. So our divinity, the divine within us, that is the, the life that Christ has, his life in us, is clothed with our humanity. And I don't know about you, but the gravity of my humanity is something I have to deal with every single day. But what I need to focus on is that's not who I really am. And I'm working on it, and I'm changing it, and I know that I need to change, but I am in process of being transformed. I am in the process of being changed. That's why the Bible calls us saints. Are there any saints in the building this morning? There's a few of you that are nodding your head. Yes, you are a saint, but I can promise you this. 100%, I will be get 10 out of 10 for this. None of you have acted like pure saints this week. We are saints, but our behavior sometimes is not that of a saint. We're saints because of our position in Christ. The word saint comes from the word to be set apart, holy to be set apart, which is why um, Paul says we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That is our position in Christ. Because of what Christ has done, we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. We're saints because of what Christ has done. We've been set apart. Our slate has been wiped clean. I'm just, I'm, I'm justified by faith, because of what Jesus did. My inner reality is that I'm a saint, and I'm holy. I'm good on the inside. I'm just working on the outside. We're a work in progress. The reality is that we're all flawed. The reality is we all struggle with our humanity. The reality is that the fruit of the Spirit is something that we want to see more of expressed in every aspect and area of our lives. But what God is telling us through His Word is that we, He is working on us. We are living stones 
in the hands of the master builder who is changing our outer form in keeping with our inner reality. And if there's one thing that maybe you take from this message today is that I am a living stone in the hands of the master builder who is changing my outward form in keeping with my inner reality. My outer form needs to be a reflection of my inner reality. And that's why Paul says this. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters. That's, a, that's, a, that's an encouragement. I urge you. When, you. when we hear that, that's when, okay, I'm listening. I urge you. Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true proper worship. So when we wake up in the morning, we offer ourselves to God. We say, God, I am offering myself to you today. I am a living stone in the hands of the master builder. And today... I'm asking you to help me in the process of transformation, in the process of being transformed and changed into your image and into your likeness. I am asking you to help me become the person that you created me to be, expressing all of the unique individual aspects of who you created me to be, uniquely different from everyone else, but Lord, on the inside, let that metamorphosis take place. Let that change take place so that I can be changed into the person that I am on the inside. And in 2 Corinthians 13, or 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18, we read this. Now all of us, that's all of us, all of us, with our faces unveiled, reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors, so that we are being transformed, metamorphosed into His same image, from one radiance of glory to another, just as the Spirit of the Lord accomplishes it. What a great verse that is for all of us. As we look at the Lord, as we spend time in his presence. As we look to Jesus, we begin to reflect his glory. And we're being transformed, metamorphosed from one degree of glory to the other, just as the Spirit of the Lord accomplishes it. I want to get our worship team to come to the platform, if you would. And I want to ask you, if you would, just to stand for a moment. And we're going to worship God for a couple of minutes. And I want to pray uh, for each and every person in this place. The first thing I want to do is I want to ask people, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity today to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. To accept Christ as our Savior means that we open up our hearts and invite Jesus to to not only be someone that we know about, but to be someone that we know. 
Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens that door, I will come in and eat with him and sit and eat with him. And Jesus may be knocking right now on the door of your heart. When you open that door, his spirit, he, he will himself come and live on the inside of you. And that initial experience of being born again, your spirit coming alive again, will mean the beginning of a new life and a new process of transformation where God will begin that work of transforming our lives so that we, like living stones in the hands of the master builder, can be changed from one degree of glory to another. So the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to ask people here, if you have never accepted Christ or you want to make a recommitment of your life to Christ, I'd love to give you a moment today where you can make that recommitment in this time when we pray together as a church, whether you're watching online or you're here in person. So let's pray that prayer now. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. I ask that you forgive me for my sins. Give me a new start, a fresh beginning. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior and my Lord. This is a new day, a new beginning. And I give my life to you into the hands of the Master Builder. Shape me, change me, transform me into your image. I pray in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, we want to do everything we can to help you to take the next steps in following Jesus. We have a book called Following Jesus. We'd love to put in your hands and give you as a gift. We'd love to connect with you. If you're watching online, there are instructions there where how you can connect with us. We give you that book as a gift and help you take those next steps in your walk with God. And I want to encourage you, church, today. As we worship God together in these closing moments, just to open up your heart to God and ask God to do a work in you. We have a few more minutes, and I want to take a moment to invite the Holy Spirit to come and just minister to people here today. All of us are struggling in life. We have our own struggles. We have our own challenges. We have experiences that we go through, that we navigate, that, that, are, that are hard and difficult. But God, the Holy Spirit, wants to minister to you this morning. And I want to encourage you, just open up your heart as we worship God. Invite the Holy Spirit to do His work in your heart as only He can do. Holy Spirit, I pray as we worship that you would move in our midst. Touch people, each and every person, that meet them at their point of need. And I pray, Lord, for a special grace and a special manifestation of your love in this place for each and every one. Do your work. We come to you, Lord, as living sacrifices, as living stones coming to the living stone, that we might be changed and transformed in the hands of the master builder. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.